Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, a podcast and YouTube series hosted by real estate investor, author, and coach Brian O'Neill. Tune in each week as we interview business owners who have successfully planned and executed their W2 Prison Break. You'll hear their stories, learn about their challenges, and what ultimately pushed them over the edge and gave them the courage to break free. Most importantly, you'll discover they are not much different than you. Listen in each week as we give you useful insights and action items to start your W-2 prison break and get you on the path you were always meant to be on. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the W-2 Prison Break Show. I know I say it every week, but I am just over the moon excited about our guest today, It's Dr. Joe Vitale. And if you have not heard of Dr. Joe, don't take this the wrong way, but you've been living under a rock. Dr. Joe Vitale is the author of over 80 books. Several of them are bestsellers. He's best known for the movie, The Secret. And if you haven't seen the movie, The Secret, I highly recommend you watch it. I've seen it several times. I've read the book multiple times, and it's it's had a very profound impact on my life and just got me to the point where I started to believe that I was capable of bigger things and the law of attraction had to manifest. We're going to talk a lot about that today in the episode and really what the number one blocks and challenges and limitations we put on ourselves are and how to get through them. Dr. Joe is going to help us with that. So really, really excited about this interview today. And I hope you enjoy the show. Dr. Joe, welcome to the show. I'm just thrilled to have you on and super excited to speak with you. And as you said, let's make some highlights. Let's make some memories. Let's do it. Let's help people. You've got a big mission here and I want to make a difference. So let's see what we can do to inspire, motivate, inform, and get people to take action. Yeah, definitely. And just a quick background on how we met. We didn't actually talk about this offline, but If people don't know by now, if they haven't seen the movie, The Secret, or they haven't read the book, you know, you've been living under a rock. No offense there, but a movie and a book that changed my life that you were in. And I've read that book five times. I've seen the movie several times. And it really is probably, if anyone's blocked or they have dreams and they're blocked in their life, I always say, hey, read this book, right? It really changed my life. Because I'll tell you, prior to watching that movie, I didn't believe any of that stuff. None of it. And I think that's what probably kept me, you know, in the same place and the same job for 17 years and in corporate for 25 years. So I'd really like to, you know, and one of the things you said in the book that still sticks with me is be, have, do, be, have, do. And I keep saying book, but it's movie. But could you maybe expand on what that means? I mean, I live my life by that, but be, have, do has really just been a life changer for me. And could you share that with, with the listeners today? I'd be glad to. Well, first of all, all of us have it backwards and you did and I did as well because we all thought it had to do with having and it all had to do with doing. Most of us were exploring the having. Gimme, 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 gimme. We just want to have something. We're figuring if we have it, we're going to be happy. We're going to be healthy. We're going to be in bliss. Everything will be fine if we just have it. And then those who were a little bit smarter did the doing. And that's when you're taking action. And I'm a great believer in taking action, but I was taking action for a very long time and it just drove me into a ditch. And that's not quite the formula either. 
I believe in having, I believe in action, but what the secret is to getting whatever we want, especially in this field that everybody wants to break free and be their own boss and have their own job that is them, what they have to do is actually be it. They have to jump to the end result. There's a lot of mystical teachers and there's a lot of popular psychology and recent research is proving that you kind of trick your brain when you go to the end result and you tell yourself, this is what I want to have, this is what I want to do, but you come from a place of being, you come from a place of completeness, you come from a place where in many ways it's already done. There was a mystical teacher you probably know of, anybody who's followed my work knows because I've been promoting him for a long time, even though he died in the 70s, and that was Neville, Neville Goddard. And Neville said, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And what that's referring to is pretend that what you want to have or be or do has already been accomplished. And so you live from the beingness of it. You live from the end result. And this does a few things. For one thing, it shortens the time span needed to create it because it's a brain hack. You've told your brain, not only is this what I want, but you're imagining that you're already being it. You're already having it before you've actually even done the doing to get there. Mm. And your brain assumes this is the reality and goes to manufacture it for you. There's, Brian, there's so many levels to this and so much depth to this that we could probably spend several episodes just explaining that formula. But it begins with the end result. It begins with being what it is you think you want and what you think you need to do, but begin with the being of it. I love that. So just to expand on the being part, something that I really struggled with when I first started thinking that way, like shifting my mindset to, hey, the end result exists. You have to trick your brain. And it's not easy to do. It's easy to say it, but maybe a tip or two or three or whatever you have that might be able to help somebody that is just getting into this, you know, the being first, which is awesome. I love, how do you get to that? The feeling of the wish fulfilled, like what are some things that you can do on a daily basis? Yeah, that's a great question. And there are things to do. I have a program called the three day rule and the three day rule basically says that what you're thinking and what you're feeling right now is going to manufacture. You're going to attract it in about three days. Now, everybody listening to this is immediately going to say, that's not true at all. I was thinking about money. I was thinking about, you know, romance and I didn't get more money and I didn't get romance. Mm. And what you have to do is look at what happened right after you said you wanted something. You almost certainly vetoed it. You almost certainly had a rush of negative thoughts. You had all the doubts, all the cynicism, all the skepticism rush into your brain. Because science says we have 50 to 100,000 thoughts a day, most of them negative, most of them critical, most of them skeptical, and most of them the same thought. So when we sit there and say, this is what I want to attract or what I want to manufacture, what do I want to achieve? That's a great beginning. But because we wash it out with 49,000 other thoughts, we don't tend to manufacture what we want. So this is a clue. This is a clue. The way to actually trick the brain is to do something you do every night. Every night you go to sleep and every night you have dreams. If you wake up in the middle of one of those dreams, you don't know for a second if you were in a dream or you were in some sort of alternate reality. 
And your body responds to the dream. If it was an erotic dream, you probably responded to it. If it was a scary dream and you were falling or something, you probably responded to it. Yet it was not real. These are tips on how to create using this brain hack. So let me boil it down to a couple of steps here. The very first step, of course, is to know what you want. What is it that you want to have, do, or be? And you're going to begin with the being, but you got to know what the answer is. What is it you want to experience? What do you want to attract? The next thought is you want to find some sort of graphic that represents the end result. For example, for me, it's easy because I'm a car guy and it's really easy to go and say, oh, there's this new car and I can go to an online configurator, pick the paint, pick the model, pick the sessions, the accessories and everything and print it out. There it is. I can put it mm -hmm. on the wall. I can put it on my phone. I can stare at it every day. You need to have this graphic because the brain responds in images. Then the next thing that you need to have is a feeling. Emotion is the fuel that creates. Most of us are focused on fear. We're focused on hate. You can look at social media and see the fear and the hate that's just being thrown around out there. What you want to focus on is love. This goes back to the being. So winding this up as a brain hack and a real quick turbocharged cliff notes way of creating your reality, you answer the question, what do you want to have, do, or be? Now you want to go to the end result and imagine what would that feel like? So you're coming from a place of being, and you want to do this with love, with passion, with gratitude, with appreciation, because it's one of the activators to get the brain to move. And then when you're looking at the photo or the graphic or whatever the image is that represents your end result, your being state, this tells the brain, this is what you need to create. Then finally, you want to look at this and think about this as many times during the day as possible. The old standard rule of thumb is when you wake up in the morning, think about it, feel it, look at the image. When you're getting ready to go to sleep at night, these are like doorways into your unconscious. These moments where your conscious is going offline. As you're going to sleep, you think about what you want from the being state. You look at the graphic that you already printed out or you have on your phone or wherever you put it, mm -hmm. and you get into the feeling of gratitude and appreciation. Brian, all of this is a condensed version, but a powerful formula or menu to make a difference in a person's life. I love that and appreciate the share. I love the three-day rule. So one thing I do, and you tell me if maybe you could coach me up here for a minute, one thing that I've done, and it hasn't happened yet, I believe that it will, I know it will, but one of my dreams is to own a house in Mexico, to buy a house in Mexico. I have the graphic image. It's behind me. No, if it, For those watching on YouTube, it's behind me. And nice. I look at it. I look at it all the time. I look at it for years and years and years. I think the part that's missing for me is maybe the emotional or the feeling part of it. And maybe yeah. I don't spend enough time on that. Do you think that that like the people that you work with and coach, is that where they get stuck? That is a wonderful story. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and transparent to share it. So here's the difference that I hear. Yes, definitely have the graphic. You already have it. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But I would spend time mentally walking through that house. I would spend time imagining that you have meetings there, that you call me up one day and you'll say, hey, Dr. Joe, I'm going to have a mastermind meeting at my house. It's me and Chris and five or six other high profile friends of mine. Let's all get together for a weekend. 
And you imagine that actually takes place. And you imagine, I say, yes, I'll be there. And you imagine whoever your partner is in life, that you're sharing this place together. You're having your meals there, that you're waking up there and you look out the window and you see whatever the view is for that particular place. I would make this as real as humanly possible. I would, in many ways, kind of create a hallucination. And I mean this in the most positive way, because you're not crazy. What you're doing is telling your brain, this is what I want. And you're moving into that experience of being there in 3D reality. So it's wonderful to look at the picture. I mentioned earlier about me being a car guy, and I can print out a photo. But what I didn't say is, I imagine getting in that car. I imagine going down the road. I imagine getting a speeding ticket in it. I imagine showing it off. I imagine, and you notice even my energy goes up, just role-playing the idea of the car. And it would be the same thing with you in the house. It's wonderful to see it. It's wonderful to have those daily reminders, but now it has to be made real. And the first place to make it real, and this goes back to the whole way you began this with the being concept, Mm -hmm. is to imagine you already own it. You already live there. You're waking up there. You're doing these interviews from there. You've got your internet connection. You've got your room set up. You've got your mic. In fact, mentally see yourself go in. And in fact, right now, this is the way you would do it. Right now, we're in Mexico. We're in your house. We're doing this live together. You're on one side of the mic and I'm on the other side of the mic. Brian, this is how you breathe it into reality. You breathe it by fueling all of this emotion, all of this visualization, all of these concrete holographic feelings to tell your brain and metaphysically it goes out into the universe to tell the cosmos, if you will, that this is what you want and it will create it. You'll participate in creating it and you'll do it naturally and organically, but it begins with you making it real, make it real, live in that house now mentally. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Joe. And I'm sure the listener, I know the listeners got huge nuggets out of that, what you just said. You mentioned something just a second ago about the how, I think that's where people get stuck and correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Okay. I've got this vision. I can see it. I'm walking through the house and then they get stuck on the how that has happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to most people. that All of us. If not all. All Yeah. So you say the how will happen organically. Yeah. Do you have any tips or advice as to what that looks like? Do you just kind of let the universe bring you there? I mean, what's the answer? It's a great question. And again, these are great questions and require multi-levels to the answer. Mm -hmm. But I'm a big take action guy. I'm not waiting for the universe to bring it to me. And neither is the universe waiting for me. The universe is kind of a dance partner with me, if you will. I say that whatever you want has to be co-created. That was the big problem with the movie The Secret is people, a lot of people anyway, watched the movie and then thought, oh, I'll have to do is visualize and meditate and the doorbell will ring and there will be the love of my life or the keys to my car or the deed to my house in Mexico. And sometimes that happens. I don't dismiss that. But more often than not, you have to do something. Yeah. So the question becomes what? What do you do? And this is the number one place where people trip up. This is when the converts become skeptics because they think, hey, there's no way for me to do this. So this stuff doesn't work. I'm just going to throw it all out. It's all BS. Well, it's not BS. What you have to understand is we're all sitting here looking for the map. 
we're sitting here going, well, how do I get to Mexico? Okay, Joe, I'm living in the house mentally and I'm walking through it. I'm waking up with my partner, but I'm not actually in Mexico. So how do I actually get there? There is not a roadmap as you sit here. There is not a complete roadmap. I often quote Steve Jobs who said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can connect the dots looking backwards. Meaning when you're sitting here and you want to create something, you don't see all the steps. You don't see all the dots. You don't see all the stepping stones. In fact, they don't even exist yet because you haven't taken the road. Once you're living in Mexico, you can have, you know, pour me a scotch and we light a cigar and you tell me the story of how you got there. And you'll be able to connect all the dots because they'll be apparent at that point. So, again, what do we do? I love Teddy Roosevelt's advice. He said, do what you can with what you have right where you are. Do what you can with what you have right where you are. What that means is there's always a baby step. There's Mm -hmm. always a first baby step. Here is the inside secret. You take that first baby step and behold, the next baby step becomes apparent. You take that next baby step, behold, the next baby step becomes apparent. You can get to Mexico baby stepping your way there. That's true for all of us. We don't know how to get to the end result. We can read all the books of other people who have achieved something similar, but they had their own map. They had their own fortune. They had their own beingness, and they took whatever actions they took, and the universe conspired to help them get there. That may or may not be the exact map for you, and most likely it will not be. You'll end up creating your own road through the wilderness. You'll end up in Mexico, and then you'll go, oh, this is how I did it, and you'll write a book about it. (laughs) and sell it to the rest of us saying, hey, here's what I did first. And the truth of the matter is you need to have your dream and you need to start walking towards it. And as you do, things will unfold. There will be coincidences. There will be opportunities. There will be people who see what you're doing and join you in the creation of it. But when you sit here and say, I just want to go to Mexico or I just want the car, I just want whatever, but you don't do anything, nothing's happening. Just to give you one final example on this topic, I wanted to be an author for the longest time. I was homeless for a long time. I was in poverty for 10 years. If I had only meditated on being an author or visualized being an author or even just felt it real being an author, I would not be an author. At some point, I had to do all of that and then walk on over to the $10 typewriter I had back then and start punching keys. And as I kept punching keys, over time, with persistence, I'm an author. So first bait, super awesome. My goodness. And by the way, I'm going to add a cigar and scotch with you at my house in Mexico to the visualization. (laughs) So get ready for that. The baby step. You mentioned the first baby step. So hitting the typewriter, that's your first baby step to becoming an author. And then it just kind of, it was the next one and the next one. Keep typing. You know, I've been on... I've been on a lot of shows, interviewed virtually every day for decades now. And the common question is, what's the one thing? What's the one thing you do? Or what's the one secret? Or what's the one combination lock? And I was frustrated for the longest time. And then I realized, oh, there is one thing. And that is, this one thing beats luck. This one thing beats talent. This one thing beats relationships. This one thing beats having funding and money. This one thing beats resources. It beats virtually everything. What's the one thing? 
persistence, persistence. I was writing homeless. I was writing in poverty. I was writing during the dark nights. I was writing when there was no evidence, nothing that said, Joe, you're going to be published one day. I was writing on faith and fumes and starvation, but it was persistence. And I think that is true in every case. You persistently take action every day. Those small baby steps add up and you end up in Mexico or whatever the person's dream is that's listening to this today. It's all possible. I have my own show now. It's called Zero Limits Living. And what I do on Zero Limits Living is explore if we actually have any limits or not. And from what I can see from all the guests and my own experience, we don't have any limits. So anybody sitting here right now and they're thinking about, oh, I want to do, I want to have a house on Mars. I'm thinking, why not? We're going there. If that is your dream, you can open a business on Mars. They're going to need a deli. They're going to need a dance club. They're going to need a bookstore. <laughs> they're going to need medical facilities. There's opportunities. And I'm only semi-kidding because I'm pointing out that the various people listening to the show, whether it's a million that are going to be converted or whatever your goal is, they all have dreams. And I just want to take the lid off of those dreams and tell them you can think even bigger because you can achieve and attract even the more what others would call impossible dreams. Mm. They are all possible. Love the zero limits living. You just kind of teased it a little bit with blocks and limitations. I mean, you help people achieve miracles, right? Achieve their dreams. What are, you've mentioned a few blocks and limitations, yeah. right? A lot of them are, we put on ourselves. I, I did for years. What are some of the, maybe some of the other blocks and or limitations that we haven't covered yet that people put on themselves and that you, how do we get over some of those? Well, that's another great question. You're good at honing in on really the red alert questions. These are the ones that need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. I think my contribution to the self-help industry and self-improvement world is the discovery that there's what I call a missing secret. And I have an audio program called The Missing Secret. But it's basically the idea that we have conscious intentions like for most people listening to you, you and I, they have the intention to leave their job. They want to open their business. Maybe they're already an entrepreneur. They want to be more successful. They've got an intention, which is wonderful. Intentions are powerful. Intentions direct us, send out signals to the universe. Those are our orders to the cosmos. It's great. But what most of us don't talk about are what I call counter-intentions. The counter-intentions are, to use the word you used earlier, the blocks. Where are these blocks? They're in our subconscious slash unconscious mind. And unfortunately, that's the big database running us. The conscious mind is just the tip of the iceberg. What's below the ocean surface there, the bigger part of the iceberg, is the unconscious, is our collection of stories, our beliefs, our data, all of that is there. And that's pretty much what's running us. Now, that's okay if you're getting what you want. If you state a desire, like again, with me in a car, I want a new car. I don't really have any blocks between me and a car. I'll probably go get another car. There won't be any sluggishness or slowness or stops because I'm clear to get a car. Mm -hmm. But if somebody is wanting something that's fairly big and they haven't done it before, and maybe they don't even know anybody who has achieved it, they might be sitting there going, well, I have this intention to explode my business or do the Mars thing. 
and I don't know how to do it, and I feel like I'm stuck. It might be a signal that there is an unconscious block. Now, these unconscious blocks are limiting beliefs based on what we have experienced. We've either went through it directly ourselves or we saw other people, we read about other people, we heard about other people who had these blocks, and so we kind of acquired them. Most of the limitations we have, we acquired, we downloaded them as we were growing up. We got them from our family, we got them from our parents, we got them from the community, the country, the media, the culture, everything around us. We were unconscious to it because we weren't really thinking about it. Most people don't think about it. But we get to a point where we're an adult, like today, and we go, oh, this is what I want to do, and how come I can't have it? This is when some blocks surface. Mm -hmm. So your question was about some common ones, I think. Common ones include, I don't deserve it. There is an underlying belief in most of us that we're not good enough, that we don't deserve success. We don't deserve good things. We have either heard people judge us or we are, have judged ourselves as being lacking, not good enough, not perfected in some way, not deserving. And that needs to be looked at because we all deserve whatever it is that we want. And we all need to forgive ourselves for our unconscious mistakes and the bumblings and things that we've done between birth and getting to this point in life. We all do the best we can. And we have to forgive ourselves when things don't work out and forgive others if they seem to have hurt you or you have resentment. So you can free yourself. So that's one of them. The other one is that I see is very common, especially for people like the ones listening to this show who want to attract money. On some level, they think money's bad. This is a worldwide belief. I've been in many countries, and I've been surprised that Russia was one of the last countries I was in. Ukraine, believe it or not, was one of the last countries I was in. Iran was one of the last countries I was in. Italy, Poland, all of these, and they all have the same belief. America, all the people listening have this in their subconscious. Money is the root of all evil. As long as they think money is evil, they're going to stop it. They're going to block it. Even if they let it in for a little bit, like, oh, I got a big sale and here comes the money, they're going to get rid of that money. They're going to make a mistake. They're going to pay taxes that they didn't see about. They're going to do something because they think unconsciously money will taint them. Mm. And in this case, too, let me be of some help to your listeners here, Brian, and blow the whistle on that. That money is the root of all evil is a snippet of a longer biblical phrase. The longer biblical phrase is the love of money is the root of all evil. What I've learned is that the very healthy people who are well-adjusted and successful and prosperous and abundant, meaning they have money, they don't love money. They use it. They appreciate it. They use it as a scorecard. They use it as a means of exchange, but they're not in love with money. They're in love with the game. They're in love with winning. I've interviewed enough people on my The Zero Limits Living TV show or ETV show to find out that most of the ones that are very, very successful are not really worshiping money. They actually are following their passion. And one of my favorite quotes is from Walt Disney. He said, I want to make money from my movies so I can continue making movies. That's the purity we want around money. Anybody here who wants to follow their dream, being independent, entrepreneur, leave their job, whatever it happens to be, they want money so they can pursue their dream. That is beautiful. That is innocent and has nothing to do with money being bad or evil. 
So no. those two blocks alone, take care of those. And you got a whole lot of freedom to sprint down the road. Seriously. I mean, it's such a super share really landed with me big time, which is going to lead me to my next question with you, because I was listening to either, I think it was an interview or maybe it was on your website where you started to talk, you were talking about the importance and impact of coaches and mentors in your life. And even now to this day, you're still using mentors and coaches. Before I ask you to comment on that and expand for the listeners, I was the, I don't deserve it enough person. I was blocked for years and years and years. I had bad thoughts about money, didn't realize them. So about five years ago, I started seeing a counselor who I still see today. I'm going to see later today. And the first thing that we did was go all the way back to when I was a kid mm. and it was uncomfortable. It was painful. And we talked about the downloads and I, that was the stuff that came up. Like, what are your thoughts about money? You know, what are your thoughts about, you know, as you said, you're not good enough. I literally said that. I didn't think I deserved it. So great share. I appreciate you bringing that to the listeners today and me. So coaching and mentoring, could you please comment on what that's done for you and what it's still doing for you and why it's important for people to look for coaches and mentors to get them to where they want to go? I think it's crucial. I think this is the turning point. We can certainly change on our own. Enough people have done it throughout history to prove that that's possible. There's enough wonderful books that people can read them, and if they apply them, they can actually see change in their lives. But for me, if you want accelerated change, if you want a transformation, if you want to get results as fast and as easily as humanly possible, then you need to hire a coach. And the reason why is that we don't see our own limitations. We don't see our own blocks. We're the fish in the fishbowl. We don't even see the water. When we are living our lives, we live out of a morass of beliefs. This is an ocean of perceptions that we are living and acting and breathing from that we don't see at all. We don't see it because we think it's our life and we think it's the life, but it's not. We see our version of reality. We don't see reality. So you need somebody on the outside of you who can lovingly, non-judgmentally reflect back to you what you're seeing, what you're saying, what you're doing that you may not see, hear, or understand. And that can help you awaken. Because once you can spot them, now you can look at them and go, oh, do I want to keep that? Do I want to change that? And again, most of us, this is not negative at all. We're just ignorant to it because this is how we were wired. We're a little bit like human robots. You know, by the age of five, we got all this wiring going on in us. And for the most part, it doesn't really change and nobody really looks at it. As long as we're operating and surviving and getting through each day, then you know, for the most part, we consider it not broken. Yeah. But if you really want to thrive and prosper and go to Mexico or Mars or get the Lamborghini or whatever it is, then you got to do something different. And in order to do something different, you may need somebody else. I remember having lunch with a friend and we were talking about affirmations. And she said, I tried affirmations. Affirmations don't work for me. And she let it go. But I was on the outside of her hearing this. And I said, do you realize affirmations don't work for me is an affirmation? And you're affirming that affirmations don't work for you, which means you're making them work for you. That actually means affirmations do work. And I saw her eyes cross <laughs> because it yeah. had never occurred to her. And that's what each of us is going through. We are living from limitations that 
are plastic, are moldable, are mm. questionable. But we need a coach. We need somebody on the outside of us to look at that and reflect it to us. This is why I started Miracles Coaching, my program, 20 years ago, because I had found that having a coach in my life was the big breakthrough. I was getting some successes by then because of the work I did on myself. But having a coach had me leapfrog ahead and collapse whole paradigms of negativity. So I created Miracles Coaching for the people that can't afford to work with me directly, but they can go into miraclescoaching.com and check it out. And that's my way of giving people a service that can make a difference. Anyway, I can go on forever about that because coaching is priceless. I think we all need it. I still use them. I still use them today. I love that you shared that miraclescoaching.com. I'll definitely leave that in the show notes. Absolutely go there and check that out. And I love the fact that you said you had your big breakthrough because of coaches and mentors. And, you know, I've shared this a lot on the show. I'll share it with you. You know, I was, for some reason, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a man thing. Maybe it's just a Brian thing. I don't know. But we have coaches and mentors growing up our entire lives, right? If we're in church, you know, Mm. playing sports, school, we get done with college, we get a job and it's like, I'm good. I got it all figured out. Right. (laughs) And that was me. I think it's a lot of people. And as a result, I stayed stuck in the same place for a long time. And it wasn't until I hired my coach, Chris, is how we got introduced. My timeline, as you said, you had this, you know, you mentioned speed as a benefit of coaching and mentoring. I went from trying to start my real estate business for eight years to leave my job down to nine months. So, I mean, that's what it can do if, again, if you add all the other stuff that you're talking about as well, the being and the doing, right, then you'll have it. So I really, I'm so glad that you shared that because I will never be without a coach or a mentor again in my life. I mean, there's just no way. And I'm glad that you feel similarly. Yeah, I do. Can I give you a quick story about me working with, with somebody she was coaching? Mindy Audlin wrote a book called What If It All Goes Right? And she has a technique that she teaches, and it's worth talking about here for a moment because it'll help everybody. It's the what if up method. Most of us, when we consider going for our dreams, leaving our jobs, going to Mars, fill in the blank, we do what if down. What if that doesn't work? What if I make a fool of myself? What if I lose money? What if I ruin my reputation? What if my spouse leaves me because this is stupid? What if... And those are all what if down. And you can tell they're what if down because your energy drops. You don't feel good. You you move in the direction of sadness, discouragement, and unhappiness. The opposite is what if up. What if it does work out? What if you do make money? What if this is the turning point in your life? What if this is the big breakthrough you've been waiting for and praying for? And you can tell that difference because your energy goes up. So I was meeting with Mendy and we were talking about different things. And I said, do you mind if we do a what if up session right now and you do some coaching with me? And she sat right up and she was ready for it. And I said, I have a new book coming out in February. It's called Unexpected Kindness. And I said, I really want it to do well. It's a very personal book, but Unexpected Kindness is about the people who helped me before I was famous, before when I was struggling, they did nice things for me. It was unexpectedly kind. In many ways, it saved my life. And so I've written this book and I want it to do well. And I said, my goal is I would really like it to be a New York Times bestseller. And then I went, and this is my big thinking goal. I'd really like for the new book, Unexpected Kindness, to be a New York Times bestseller. And then for two of my other books, because I have 80 some books out there, two of my other books already published, it gets swept up by the momentum of Unexpected Kindness, and they too end up as bestsellers. So I would have three books on the New York Times bestseller list. Now, Brian, pause. Right there, that's a big dream. 
that's huge. And in my mind, I had really broken all barriers and I'm thinking big. So what does Mendy do? She says, you know, Taylor Swift has 10 songs on the top 100 list. The top 10 songs are all by the same artist, by Taylor Swift. And I said, yeah. And she says, what if you have 10 books on the New York Times bestseller list? My head had a firecracker in it and it went off. It exploded (laughs) out of camera frame because I had never thought of that. You talk about taking me to the next level. I went, oh my God, 10 Joe Vitale books all on the New York Times bestseller list at the same time. That would make history. Now, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but it released new energy in me Hmm. that is electrifying. It hit me with lightning and exploded me with that sound of thunder inside of me. But Hmm. it came from a coach. It came from somebody who helped me think bigger than what I was thinking. And I don't have any blocks on making that happen. So it's like, okay, universe, between you and me, let's see if we can do this. So the whole point being, you can do well on your own. But when you have a coach, you can go to elevated levels you can't even imagine on your own. Oh. So true. That was a thanks for dropping the bomb there. We get ready to wrap up. I love the title of that book is amazing. I'm definitely going to read it. What if it all goes right? Because I talked to, I was a big what if or two, right? Mm-hmm. What if I look stupid, as you said, or what if I lose a bunch of money? What if it goes right now? This could maybe go into a different direction, but are people in your experience of the, of the I'm sure it's been thousands and thousands of people you've worked with and helped. Are they more fearful of the what if down or are they more fearful of the what if it actually happens, the what if up? Another great question. I think what you're asking is, which is more powerful, the fear of failure or the fear of success? Yep. And it's interesting because most people talk about the fear of failure. And I have found that the fear of success is the bigger hidden fear. It's the one most people don't talk about. It's the elephant in the room in many ways. It's like, let's not look at that. I have seen that if you are okay with success, you seem to be automatically okay with so-called failure. Now, I'm saying so-called failure because I don't believe in failure. I think it's all feedback. Whatever you try, it didn't go in a particular way, but it did go in some way. So that's information. You can use the information to regroup, to remap, to take new steps. I don't see it as failure. It's just that you tried something that gave you some sort of new insight, and you then act on the insight. The fear of success, though, that's a different one because that is the fear of leaving your own limitations. In other words, when we think about doing well in business, even me, when I first started being an author, I had worked for an oil company for a while, but I was trying to be an author and looking for the time for me to leave that job so I can be a full-time author. And when I finally did, I started making money, especially online way back in the 1990s. And I noticed that I seemed to have hit a ceiling. And it bothered me because I thought, how can there be a ceiling on how much money I make online? There's nobody policing the internet. There's no force saying, oh, you can't make over $1 million or whatever the figure might be. And we'll come after you. There's nothing there. There's no ceiling. There's no actual real ceiling to what you can make. And I remember thinking, what would be stopping me? And again, I went to a coach that I was working with at the time. And we explored And I'm going to pause because I want this to think in. We explored that 
I was afraid of what my father would think if I was more successful than him. Yeah. The times I've said this on stage and in other conversations, I've noticed that the room goes still because people relate to it. Mm -hmm. And I had to look at it. And this is, again, when you question your beliefs, when the beliefs show up, question them. And I question, it's like, would my father really be embarrassed or upset or disappointed in himself or me if I was more successful in him? And I thought, no way. He'd be proud. He'd be happy. And ultimately, he was because I lifted the ceiling. I started making more. I had more books, more successes, went into The Secret, went on Larry King. I mean, good Lord, it's been just a roller coaster of ups and downs, but basically ups in success. And my father, he died a few years ago, but he was proud. I found that we have to look at the fear of success because a lot of people think, not only what will my father or mother think, what will my friends think? Hmm. Will I lose all my friends? Will I lose my neighbors? Will I lose my childhood companions? Because now I'm in a different league than them. And you have to explore it. You have to be okay with whatever the answers are. Because truth be known, you probably will lose some friends. Friends who want the old way of being and friends who don't want to leave their comfort zone. But yeah. if you want your dream, then you have to be willing to pay that price. Yeah, it's almost like, and I had a, a gentleman, a younger gentleman on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he says, you know, I had to be okay with the fact that my life was going to change in terms yeah. of his success. Like, hey, I was, my life was going to look different. I was going to be around different people. Yes. Whereas, you know, the what ifs, like, okay, I'm already here. That's much easier, to, I think, to deal with the fear yeah. of failure. Or as you say, it's not really failure. It's just a setback or a seminar. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> very, Dr. Joe, very this has said. been just so tremendous. Where can we, where's the best place for us to go, for the listeners to go, to learn more about all of your awesomeness? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I should have awesomeness.com after that. You should. I'm sure somebody does. I have a lot of websites. I'm not hiding at all on the internet. I would think the easiest thing is to go to mrfire.com, M-R-F-I-R-E. MrFire.com. That's been my nickname since the 90s when we first went online and nobody knew what we were doing. And I thought, well, that's my nickname. Let's make a website. MrFire.com. The TV show is at ZeroLimitsLivingTV.com. It's seen on Roku and Amazon and Apple and YouTube and everywhere else, but I'm putting all the episodes there. I mentioned the three-day rule. I have a $3 offer. $3 and people can have three of my best programs. It's at zerolimitsmethod.com. And that includes the three-day rule. Zerolimitsmethod.com has $3 offer. I'm very active on social media. I post on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and almost every day. And sometimes on TikTok. I'm Dr. Joe Vitale and those places, Dr. Joe Vitale. All my books, they're on Amazon. I'm a musician. My music's on iTunes and Apple Music and Amazon Music and Spotify and all those places. I'm in lots of movies. There's a new movie out called The Power of Thought, and it just came out. It's on Amazon. I'm one of the speakers in it. I can go on. How much more do you want, Brian? <laughs> well, we're about to be Instagram friends, so I'll be sure to. All right. Uh, and TikTok, too. That's kind of fun. I've just started doing that. Mm -hmm. Normally, I would ask, hey, you know, let me have a final thought. But you have this, for those that are not watching on YouTube, you have this awesome bookshelf behind you. And oh. I would just ask you. Is there a book? This could be a difficult question. Is there a book that has really had a profound impact on your life that you would be 
willing to share with us today, if that would help the listeners. That is, that's a million dollar question. It's kind of a cruel one because you're only seeing one wall. I have books all around me. I'm a book freak. I love books. And there have been a lot of books who dramatically influenced me. I have signed copies of Think and Grow Rich behind me, signed by Napoleon Hill. That definitely has made a difference with me. I wrote a book on P.T. Barnum. I have signed copies of P.T. Barnum's autobiography behind me. They basically made a difference. I have leather-bound editions of Psycho-Cybernetics and The Power of Thinking Big and The Power of Positive Thinking and The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. All of those I think most people will know about. I think the book that is behind me, and it is signed, that most people won't, is a book called A Fortune to Share by Vash Young, V-A-S-H Young, Y-O-U-N-G, A Fortune to Share. It first came out in the 1930s. So this is during Prohibition. This is during the Great Depression. This is during the time when people... The roaring 20s and the party time of the 1920s was over, and people were suffering. And here comes Vash Young with this book called I Have a Fortune, and I'm going to share it. And it's called A Fortune to Share. I ended up absolutely loving that book, loving him. He wrote a bunch of other books, including right before he died. and lived in Florida. He lived to be in his 70s, and he wrote a book called A Fortune for All. I'd say any of those books, but A Fortune to Share... That's the one most people probably don't know. And you can still get it. The early versions, probably on eBay, reprints, probably on Amazon. A fortune to share, Vash Young. Awesome. Thank you for sharing those books. I have not read that one, so I'll be picking that up. Dr. Joe, just really enjoyed spending the time with you. Thanks for helping me with my Mexico mm-hmm. dream. And I Yes, know- I look forward to being there. Yeah, yeah, we're going to, again, cigar and scotch. <laughs> and helping the listeners today. There's a lot of people feeling stuck out there, and I know you mm. you helped. Uh, hopefully, some of them get to that first baby step. Everyone, wonderful. make it a great day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Don't forget, you can watch all full episodes on our YouTube channel. Definitely check that out, and please subscribe. Go to www.w2prisonbreak.com to learn more. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review so we can continue to support you and the thousands of others planning their W-2 prison break. Here's to busting you out.